What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack, and making his 15th uh, but, okay. appearance on the show. The most uh, guest appearances in Hogline history is Mr. Shreff. Hello, Shreff. Hey, I'm I'm really trying to gain my uh, my lead on the rest of these people, so I, it, it's always a, an honor and a pleasure to be back. It's starting to be somewhat of a runaway at this point. I feel like you are at least three or four up on the next person. I I would have to check who that is, but I feel like it's at least that. So you're starting to gain some ground. Yeah, I put myself in a good position with those with those trivia matchups where I think I I earned my spot in terms of being able to come back once in a while. So it it, it feels good. It's kind of like a victory lap at this point. Right. And we, I feel like speaking of that, we're probably definitely due for either a Jeopardy or some type of trivia game episode. So maybe we'll look to do that in the near future. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we're definitely due for that. And those are always fun. So I uh, look forward to those, but that's not what we're doing today. Today we're finishing completing our mock draft trilogy picks 22 through 32 the NFL draft is exactly one week from tonight. I am I'm so excited. Um, it's going to be a fantastic one. Uh, I've been looking at mock drafts for months, as I'm sure both of you have as well. And uh, just very, very excited. And uh, yeah, so we're finally here completing our mock draft here. And I want to say this. We, we were discussing it prior to hitting the record button here. But if anyone has been listening, following along, our mock draft looks a little weird, a little wonky. It's because we started in February, as you, if everyone's been following along, they know. And then we did the second part in March. So things have definitely changed. We've had the tra- trades. We've had just players falling a little bit in the, you know, pre-draft process, players rising up, a lot of smoke screens. So a ton has changed. So there's a lot that, um, you know, th- it, it doesn't look like, the perfect mock draft, but that's just the, the beauty of the exercise, I guess. Like we were also saying how Greg Rousseau, who I mocked to the the lions with the seventh pick might not be a first round pick and he might not even go in the top 50 picks. So um, it's certainly interesting to see, like, I guess it's good because it, it gives us a good indication of like how much things have definitely changed over the past month or two. So right. just wanted to preface by saying that, uh, so if anyone, if we post like our final mock or whatever, don't roast us and say like, what is up with this? Like, just take it to take um, that footnote into consideration. Any, uh, any words before we start? I'm ready to roll. I got no it. words. I'm just sitting on the, on the edge of my seat, hoping you don't take who I, who I, who I plan to take with the second pick. Yeah, well, we will see. Uh, in my opinion, I think there's definitely a best player available still left here, and that's who I'm going to take probably here. But let me read off who we'll be picking for today. Uh, 22 will be the Titans, then the Jets with 23 with their uh, their second pick in the first round. Then our Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. Jacksonville with their second pick at 25. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at 26. Baltimore, 27. New Orleans, 28. Green Bay, 29. Buffalo, 30. Kansas City Chiefs 31 and the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 32 and we'll continue with the order we've been going with so it's going to go uh, myself 
for the Titans, Jack with the Jets, Shreff with the Steelers, and then so on and so forth from there. Uh, we will start with my pick at 22, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans are a team that lost in the, what was it, the divisional round? Uh, or was it the wild card round? It was wild, wild card, right? It was wild card, I believe, yeah. They lost, yes, they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. Um, and it was a, that was a very close game, I remember. Derrick Henry kind of got shut down. Uh, so the Titans are a team that definitely have some needs. Uh, definitely a good team that had a very efficient offense. Defense was a little lackluster. So, I mean, some, some needs I've identified are clearly wide receiver. Um, they lose Corey Davis. They lose Jonu Smith. There's a lot of vacated targets. I believe they have the third most in the league in terms of vacated targets. Uh, they, they definitely need an edge rusher. They did sign Bud Dupree, but, um, you know, he's coming back from an ACL tear. So they want to see it was ACL, right, Jack? Yep. Yeah. Well, so they, hopefully, um, you know, he's healthy again for them and that works out, but that could definitely be a need. Uh, but I'm not going either of the positions. I am going to pick the best available player, someone who has risen over the past month or two, uh, probably why we haven't picked him yet. Um, that's JC Horn. Uh, cornerback from South Carolina. Um, he's really solidified himself here as kind of like the number two, or some people probably even have him number one corner in the class. Uh, I really like him a lot. I've seen some highlights of him. Big physical corner. I believe he's six one or so. He really match up with that with bigger wide receivers. Um, he's the son of Joe Horn, former four time Pro Bowler, played with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, I mean, I definitely think he's the best player available. I think he's kind of sticking out here as like a sore thumb. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the Jack. Is that the guy you were thinking? Yeah. You had to. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm just very happy to get him here. Obviously, I mean, I, he, I'm almost certain he won't be here in the real draft. I mean, he's probably projected to go top anywhere from 10 to 15. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say 10 to 15 at this point um dallas could be looking at him philadelphia could be looking at him los angeles chargers could be looking at him so he'll probably go considerably higher than this uh but the titans are a team that just need uh playmakers on defense uh so um i, I think he's definitely the pick here that's who i would go with yeah i think it's i was also going to mention I, I believe if i'm not mistaken i, I think the titans cut adoree jackson um, over the offseason, who was their first-round pick like two years ago or so, three years ago now? I don't know. But they, they definitely need corner help. And, I mean, the fact that Horn, that this, this shows the, how old that, that this uh, mock draft began, the fact that he was still here at 22. Because I think by the end of this, I, I'd be surprised if he's not the second cornerback taken after Sertain probably. Right, and just I feel like with Caleb Farley, who we mocked earlier, I believe the Chargers um, – E yes, the Chargers. I think I, I had the Chargers. Uh, he he's very talented in his own right. He will probably still be a first round pick. It's just he had some some injury concerns uh, that teams are a little bit worried about. So uh, I mean, if you get to the top of this position here, I guess you got to nitpick a little bit, and you know you might as well take a guy that has no injury concerns, who's still a really good corner in Horn. So he's pretty much solidified himself as either the second or maybe even first corner for some people. Yeah. Good pick, good pick. All right. I guess I've uh, thrown Jack off here, thrown him for a loop. Who is All he right. going to go with for the uh, New York Jets here at 23? So, yeah, I had 
J.C. Horn. Slotted in to take him there. Um, actually, Hold on. I, I'm, re- I'm really sorry to interrupt here, but I just wanted to mention, again, this is kind of the problem here with our mock draft is that, you know, we we mocked Penny Sewell going to the Jets. Yeah, no, I'm they've, gonna address this. Yeah, they've said, yeah. Go ahead. I just want I just want to make sure that's clear. Uh, but now, because cur- currently their QB one is James Morgan, so I wanted right. to see how you're gonna address that. Okay, so quick note on JC Horn, since I had notes preparing him, since I wanted to take him. He played in seven games last year, had six passes defended. In 2019, he played in nine, 12 games, had nine passes defended. 2018. 11 games, eight passes defended. So that's like not quite a, a, a defended pass a game, but it's pretty close, which is very, very good, especially in SEC. Um, he's, well, I love the draft talk. He's scheme diverse, has a lot of versatility at the corner position per the pro football network. What? Does it fluid hips? That's one of my favorite with corners. They fluid do. hips? Yeah, fluid hips. They're able to turn their body fast. No. Uh, but so yeah, he's not know. he's not a first guy in, last last guy out guy. So that's really unfortunate. Um but I guess I have enough on him. So yeah, Mitchell Mitchell just said that I mean it kind of got messed up. I took Sewell second overall. Since then they've traded away Darnold. Um, so I am going to make this pick under the assumption that they took Zach Wilson at two, because at this point that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so if I were the GM and Zach Wilson was taken second overall, I am going to bolster the O-line as I thought when I made the second pick, because they can't be going through the same thing again with Darnold, giving him the horrible O-line that they had. They can't do the same thing with Zach Wilson. So uh, best offensive lineman still on the board, Tevin Jenkins uh, out of Oklahoma State. Um, PFF have, has him ranked as the fifth best offensive lineman and the first four were already taken. Uh, who would it be? Obviously Sewell. Barisaw, Barisaw and uh, Elijah Vera Tucker and, and Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's 6'6, 320. So that's a pretty big body. Big boy. As they all are big. But um, I see here on a scouting profile um, strengths, size, and strength. So strength is a strength. He has great finish ability in the run game and a weakness. He can be over aggressive at times. So, I mean, what more can you ask for? If that's your weakness, you're you're a little too aggressive. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. Like they got to protect Zach Wilson, and they need to fix this O line. A good thing, I mean, you stole my pick, at J.C. Horn, I, and I mean, good thing it's the Jets because like uh, you can really go anywhere for them. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, I I like that too. Just be, I feel like first round if you need everything. You can never go wrong with taking an offensive lineman at the, right. like, especially this late in the round. You like, there aren't really a lot of like big time like show stopping playmakers left. You gotta you gotta bolster up the front. Definitely, uh, I mean the Jets' encouraging pick with Mackay Becton last year definitely had a pretty strong overall rookie season. 
Uh, but they're going to need more help than just him. And uh, yeah, definitely a very young offensive line that can grow into um, potentially a uh, elite unit if they all you know can stay healthy and feel like cohesion and playing together like continuity is a big thing with offensive line as well it's not just the talent right um which i I mean certainly you need talented offensive linemen but playing together and growing together can definitely be a positive thing and step in the right direction for new york yeah with the Uh, team it's good when your qb is kind of learning with your offensive linemen you kind of learn how to play together at the same time Exactly. Well, now they have Mackay Becton, Penny Sewell, and uh, Tevin Jenkins to protect James Morgan, according to our mock draft. So yeah, you got everyone. <laughs> very, very nice. Uh, we'll move on here to our Pittsburgh Steelers picking at uh, 24. And Shreff will be making the pick, the only non Steelers fan on this call. So yeah, interested to hear what uh, a non Pittsburgh fan, the perspective here. So go ahead. Yeah, that was the first thing I was going to say. I'm nervous about this one just because I feel like I have a, I have a very biased audience uh, staring back at me right now. So I got to make sure I do this right. But um, looking at the Steelers, obviously the first thing you got to talk about is, is that defense. You have a defense that's set up for the next couple of years, at least just with, with some playmakers back there. You had a, you had a couple of guys leave with Dupree and I believe Mike Hilton left as well. Correct. Yep. He's on the Bengals. Yeah, so when I was first looking at things, I was looking at the defensive side of the ball, thinking, do I go corner? Do I give him an edge rush or something like that? But then I started to look deeper into some mock drafts and things of that nature. And then there was also a big departure in James Conner that leaves a bit of a hole at the running back position. And I mean, as you guys both know, the Steelers like to have that kind of that workhorse guy who can just run it right at the middle, get you carries, get you, you know, fight for those yards when you can. Um, and currently there's one running back at the top of the board who everyone seems to think is going to the Steelers and I am not going to waver from that selection. So I'm going to go ahead and take Najee Harris for him here out of Alabama. Um, I mean, in terms of skill set, there isn't really much that he can't seem to do. I mean, he's one of the more physical runners that I've seen in the college game for the last few years. And then he's also a sneaky good. He, He can catch out of the backfield a little bit when you need him to. He has that ability when needed, but I think in terms of just fit, you need that guy who's going to be able to run between the tackles for the Steelers, get those yards. And I mean, when you're looking at how big this guy is, that, that is, uh, it seems like a perfect fit. It really does. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but it really does feel like an absolutely perfect fit for them. I agree. I mean, personally, I'm not, I'm not going to be upset if we get Harris. Um, I think he's, he's really good overall. Um, I mean, he's not, not the fastest running back out there that doesn't necessarily always matter. Um, what your forward time is he's fast enough he's not like he's like slow or anything but um connor it's just he had you know a good run um but you look at him last year he wasn't overly explosive and we just need more pop to our running game so yeah you know people argue is that going to be fixed with offensive line which certainly needs to be addressed as well at some point here in the draft uh without it being the second or third round but you know, I, I don't think this is a super deep running back class, and I, I think it's okay and justified if you could pick the top guy. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, like, I'm, I'm never I'll, – I'll say this now, even though I did pick Najee for him, I'm never a proponent of taking a running back in the first round. I, there's been very few cases where that tends to, like, work out as well as, it, as they think it's going to. But I'm thinking, like, I mean, especially with the amount of offensive linemen that have already gone, I think – I mean, getting, in my opinion, the top guy at the position is – a good thing for a team that already has so many pieces in place 
where you only need one or two things that can make you into that contender that you're looking to be. So I think filling that hole for this year would be, would be very helpful for them. Um, I agree with pretty much everything Mitchell said and you too, Shreff. Um, but, uh, ideally I do want us to go offensive line first round running back second round, because I think, well, I mean, now that James Conner's gone, um, I guess they're both equal needs, but prior to James Conner going like offensive line is such a bigger need. Um, Marquise Pouncey retired villain wave is gone. So there's a lot of holes there. And, um, I think a running back is their success is so contingent on, uh, how good offensive line is. And I think that was the bigger issue last year than James Conner. I agree with Mitchell that, um, maybe he doesn't have the burst that a lot of, that some NFL running backs have, but he's still a very capable starter. Um, just got to stay on the field. Uh, but again, Mitchell said it, and I agree with everything Shreff said. I, I'm not gonna be mad. We we take a or Najee Harris. I think he's fantastic. I think he's definitely the best running back in this class. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, I don't really like I, I alluded to a couple like a minute ago. It's just um, it's not a super deep running back class. I feel like in years prior, especially 2020, which was super deep at running back. You could find a guy in the second or third round. You saw with like what Gibson went in the third round, I think. And yep. Early third, J- yeah. J- James Robinson undrafted and Kamara you know, third um, round. Yeah. Oh, you said recent. Sorry, you said I'm last just year. saying like last year. But yeah, yeah, exactly. There's I feel like years prior, there's so many examples of guys going later. But you know, if you're not getting ETN or Harris or maybe Javante Williams, I don't even think any of them will be there at our second round pick. I feel like it's justified and it's in the 20s. So it's not like an early first or that's what I mean when it like uh, in terms of like first round running backs, like I said, overall, definitely not a fan. There's been plenty of bad first round running back picks over the year, but I mean, at at 24. And like I said, especially with a team that already has so many pieces in place where they're like, like, I mean, you know, the Steelers are going to come in next year and fight, fight for a playoff spot, most likely get in the playoffs. Like, you know, they're a playoff team most likely. So, I mean, anything you can do to fill a hole, especially with, a guy like Harris, where, I mean, assuming he continues what he was doing in college, he's definitely going to be good for them. I just think it, it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Right. All right. So I am picking here for the Jacksonville Jaguars at 25. Obviously select Trevor Lawrence with the first pick, probably the, the lock of all locks. Uh, but here, you know, the Jags obviously had the worst record in the NFL last year. They have holes all over the field for the most part. Um, but here, you know, I was debating either going offensive line, which is a common theme here. The Jags definitely need help, especially on, on their tackles. Their The interior of their line played pretty solid last year, um, but their tackles haven't really been cutting it. So I was considering Jenkins. I was considering some other tackles here, but I'm going to pick a guy who I think is a really, really good. I think he's a, a, a really good playmaker. And again, I think with the tackles left available, I know we're not going to mock the second round, but the Jags do pick at 33 here, which is only eight picks away. So I think they can get a guy in that same tier of offensive tackles that are left at pick 33 if they chose to do so. So I'm going to pick uh, Zaven Collins uh, from Tulsa, the linebacker. 
And I just think he he's just a really special player. And I just think it makes a lot of sense here with the Jags picking up picking soon again um, to, to pick someone here because they, they need help on the defensive side of the ball. Um, their, their run defense is pretty bad. And uh, Collins is kind of a, a jack of all trades. He can do a lot. He can rush. He can drop back in coverage. Um, he won multiple defensive awards in 2020. He can kind of really do it all. He's got fantastic size. I mean, he can, he's really, you know, he can move really well for a 6'4", 250, 240 guy. And uh, the Jags just need someone to just take over. And, I mean, they got Josh Allen, and they, I know they spent a high pick on a corner last uh, in the 2020 draft, but I think this is um, a good pick here. And, uh, I mean, I, again, if I were the GM, I would really look at tackle in the in the first pick in the second round because you definitely don't want to neglect that. And uh, you obviously need to protect the future of your franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. I like that. So, yeah. Um, I was going to say, I mean, the, the Jags were at their, the Jags were at their best when they had that defense that just shut everyone down. And a big part of that defense that I feel like a lot of people forget about who left like two years ago now was Telvin Smith, who was, uh, I guess he was their middle linebacker at that time or one of the linebackers, but he was, he was like kind of similar to Collins, one of those guys that kind of did it all. He was just all over the field, just making plays. And I mean, especially with Lawrence coming in, you know, you're going to have that quarterback there for the next few years. And while you definitely do need to protect him, offensive linemen, uh, receivers, all that fun stuff, I, I think building that defense back to what it was is a very important point that they should be focusing on as well. Am I not right. mistaken? Didn't Telvin Smith get in trouble or something? I think he, I don't know if he got in trouble or not. I think when he originally left, I'm pretty sure he just like said that he like didn't want to play anymore and just kind of walked out. Yeah. Sounds weird. Right. It was weird. We'll, have to, like, we'll, we'll, we'll have to fact check that. Yeah, I'm not sure. So I, I just remember he was like 20. I think he was like 27 or 28 when he just like when he left and like he that was a big a bit. I think he was their defensive captain, if I'm not mistaken. Like he was like their. I mean, obviously Ramsey was there, but in terms of like guys who had been there and like were their leaders, it was, it was him. Right. Sure. All right. Uh, Jack is up with the Cleveland Browns ending a, a long playoff droughts. Uh, they lose to the Chiefs in the divisional rounds. Browns got a very solid roster. They I do. assume there, there weren't too many glaring needs you identified, but I'm just curious to see what direction you go in because, I mean, I could really see them, uh, you know, picking a luxury pick or just picking best player available on their board. So what do you have? Uh, yeah, they could go best player available. I kind of picked a somewhat of a need. Um they, their pass defense, although they do have some bright spots, they were mid-pack in passer rating against, only had 11 interceptions. They were mid to lower pack in uh, passing yards against and passing touchdowns, receiving touchdowns against. Um, <clears throat> I went with safety Trevon Morig, Morig, excuse me, so, <clears throat> safety out of TCU to play um, – so he'd be slotted to play alongside Grant Delpit at the strong safety position. Um, 6'1", 202. Uh, so that's a pretty typical size for safety. Uh, looking to his stats, he had a breakout 2019 season. He logged 62 tackles, four picks, 11 defended passes, and two forced fumbles. So it's very strong across the board. This past season, 
I think he did not play. He played in two less games, but he paced out to be similar stats. So um, statistically, checks a lot of boxes. Uh, I did watch a couple of highlights on today, actually, and he's fantastic in coverage and seems like a pretty good playmaker. Um, could be a good addition to anchor down the, the back end of their defense. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I feel like he's really the only safety I'm really hearing about going in the first round. So right. definitely like the you know consensus number one at the position. And I think that's a, a good good pick here for Cleveland. I mean, they're they're really solid all around. They've got like a top three offensive line, fantastic running backs, a great receiving core. Um and their D line's great. They just bring in they bring in Clowney, they have Miles Garrett, obviously, and so you're probably going to look at the back end of this, of the defense and the secondary to, to address. So that's a, that's a good pick. And I feel like I've seen some mocks agreeing with you. So um, that's uh that's good stuff. Yeah. This is the first year in like a long time that the Browns don't really have to pick best player available. They can kind of fit what they need to fit at this point, which is a good thing for them about time. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so weird to see them picking in the twenties. Like you're always used to seeing them pick in the top, uh, top 10 and mostly top five, to be honest. So definitely uh, weird stuff. Uh, we'll move on to another AFC North team, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Shref will be picking for Baltimore. All right. Um, so there were two main positions that I was looking at when deciding where I wanted to go here. The first was, an edge rusher of some point they, uh, of some sort. They lost a few members. I think they lost Judon and they also lost uh, Ngakwe as well. I think he left again after a year. Um, so definitely some holes there, but I mean, after watching, I mean, you guys would know being Steelers fans after watching the Ravens offense this year, I think it's clear that there is a need for wide receiver. Um, Marquise Brown is a, a good little like gadget wide receiver, but they just don't use him enough at all. Um, to be considered like a legit number one for that team. So I'm going to give them a bit of a bigger guy on the outside. I'm going to take Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU for this pick. Um, another guy that's kind of, he's, he's risen up boards a little bit um, over the last month or so, I guess. And he's kind of forgotten about, uh, I mean, he was on that LSU team and like played like, an, like a legit role in that team when they won. Um, he, he's just a big body guy and he, he kind of brings in a little bit more physicality, which I like, especially being in the AFC North, which is always kind of known as a more physical division. You get into those rivalry games and it gets a little, you know, you start rolling around in the mud a little bit, as they say. But uh, no, I, I, I just like the idea of the Ravens adding a little bit of a bigger guy where Lamar can have a little bit more of a safety blanket. Because going back to Brown, I mean, Brown is obviously very talented, very fast, but you can't necessarily rely on him to give you like, whatever, six or seven catches a game. It's just not going to happen with him. He just doesn't, he doesn't find himself open enough times. So I want to give him more of a security blanket, someone that he can be confident in throwing to. So I'm going to give him Terrace Marshall here. That's my pick. The free agent acquisition of Sammy Watkins doesn't uh, calm your need or calm it, your concerns. It does not exactly move the needle as much as, as some may hope. No, it doesn't. <laughs> he was a top 10 pick not that long ago though. Uh, how long ago? Quite, quite a long time ago <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's a good pick Baltimore definitely needs to address that and they I feel like they tried to I mean I feel like they were rumored in the in the Kenny Galladay sweepstakes they were for a bit yeah yeah they tried just, they made a stab at Juju 
that too. I just feel like receivers don't want to go to Baltimore just because they know the, the they're more of a run heavy team and for sure, you know, their stats will probably dip. And by the time they're up to their next contract, the, the team will be like, Oh, look, you didn't perform. Like, you know, you didn't have the numbers of some other guys. So I feel like that definitely plays a part in maybe why they can't attract free agents, but guess that means they got to develop their own through the draft so yeah uh, def- def- i think i think part of it too is like yeah obviously they run the ball a lot but i think part of that does have to do with the fact that i mean they've really when you really think about it they've i mean they've really only had uh marquise brown there for the last like year or two with, with lamar being there i mean who else i mean he, he had willie sneed there for a little bit i mean it's always fun um but willie miles sneed, boykin miles boykin yeah that's what i mean they just literally they, they haven't had anyone so i think giving them this just give him a big body, someone like if, if he's if he's under pressure, someone you can throw it up to and have a little bit of confidence in to go make a play. I think it'll it, it'll be very helpful for their for their entire offense in general. When was the last time the Ravens drafted like a competent wide receiver? Um I'm Rashad Paraman. I'm looking at draft history right now. Um so obviously Marquise Brown Blake in twenty nineteen. We're gonna go back they further. Draft, were they the ones that drafted Tory Smith? How long ago was that? Well, how about I'll just read year by year. So, Jaleel Scott, Jaleel Scott, and Kenny Young. I'm sorry, jo- no, Kenny Young's a linebacker. Jordan Lee, lastly, and Jaleel Scott. That was in 2018. Yeah. So, um, about time they do something about it. Yeah, because this is Chris Moore. Mm, good old Chris Moore. Um, okay, they got, they drafted Brashad Perryman in the first rounds in 2015. Congrats. Oh, look, they drafted Stud. they. They drafted Darren Waller as a wide receiver in uh, the tw- the sixth round of twenty fifteen. Small world, small world. But you know he didn't last there. Um, they don't draft Michael Campanaro. They don't draft receivers well. Aaron Mallett, Tommy Streeter. Good God. Tory Smith. Okay, that was in twenty eleven. Tory Smith. That might actually. Mean, there you go. Like I mean, speaking just in terms of like career, I'd say he might be the last like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they haven't hit on a receiver since Torrey Smith, if you exclude Darren Waller, because like yeah. he didn't play for them. And if you if you consider Torrey Smith a hit, uh, I'd say I I mean it, all things considered, I'd say hit. Except he is. yeah, I don't know. You guys are just biased Steelers fans. I'm saying it's a hit. Chill, chill, bro. <laughs> Well, we're going to move on here to the uh, New Orleans Saints at 28. Um, but before we do that. Oh, is it time? Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Mr. T's Tuxedos. You know, we got to tell you guys about Mr. T's. Yeah. Uh, do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal prom, big event coming up soon? I do. You do? What do you have, Jack? No, I just know some people. Oh, you know some people? Perfect. Well, well, lucky for you, Jack, we have you covered. And the nice. people you know. Yeah. Uh, Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philadelphia, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that us here at Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry and to take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's tuxedos has to offer, be sure to visit their website, Mr. T's tux.com. That's M R T S T U X.com. 
And remember, you only have one shot of looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's tuxedos, folks. There you go. There you have it. Be sure to check out Mr. T's. We got to give them some love. Uh, so he's looking real good in that uh, in that Mr. T's green jacket that he had on the other week. Yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. right? <laughs> um, we're moving here with the New Orleans Saints at 26. Sorry, 28. Excuse me. Uh, I got a little nervous when Treff said he was going wide receiver because I'm going wide receiver here with the Saints. The Saints have uh, their depth chart other than Michael Thomas at the wide receiver position is rather uninspiring in my opinion. Uh, and I, I feel comfortable going wide receiver here a little bit on my my thought process and rationale. I think the Saints have a pretty solid roster. Um, you could maybe say the interior of their offensive line may need some work. They've got uh, fantastic tackles. Uh, but a pretty solid roster, so I think I'm comfortable picking wide receiver here. And I'm going to pick a guy who I've looked into a lot. I recently I recently had, and I no longer have it, but the ninth pick in our rookie draft coming up in a, about a month or so, uh, I traded away. But I was scouting the wide receivers at that, around that range, and this is one of the guys I looked into a lot um, and someone I like a lot. Um, but I just, you know... Anyway, I don't want to get into my thought process with my trade, but I'm picking Rondell Moore, uh, wide receiver out of Purdue. I really like Moore a lot. As I just said, he's super fast, and his run after the catch ability is fantastic. Uh, he turns in, essentially turns into a running back when he catches the ball. Uh, there's some knocks on him. Uh, he is obviously very, very small. He measured in at five foot seven. So uh, quite quite undersized. I'd destroy him. How much does he weigh? He probably weighs like one. He's he's very thick and stocky. He probably weighs like 190. That's a big boy. 185, maybe. And you know, him. he had a low A dot, low average depth of target. It was like crazy low. I don't remember what it was. So a lot of his plays are coming uh, very close to the line of scrimmage. And he was a bit banged up over the past two seasons. I believe he only played in three games this year. Um, you know, and I think 2019 he was banged up, but, you know, I think he there's, I read somewhere he would have come back in the season if Purdue was playing for something meaningful. So take that as you will. Uh, I just think he's fantastic. His, if you watch his 2018 film, which was his freshman year, it is, it is uh, very fun to watch. Highly recommend. And uh, I just think he could really fit into New Orleans' system uh, just because, you know, he does do a lot of his damage near or at the line of scrimmage. And especially if Taysom Hill's named the starter. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have the strongest of arms, so he could be looking at an, another target along with Michael Thomas that, operates really well um, close to the line of scrimmage. So I think he could fit in really well there. Even if it's Jameis Winston, it's still another reliable target with some good hands because uh, they really only have, you know, Marquez Callaway or uh, Traquan Smith or, Adam you know. Troutman. I know. Yeah, they have Troutman too. Is Jared Cook still there? I feel like he's gone. He is uh, not there. He's on the Chargers. He is gone. Uh, but a little bit more and more as I wrap up here, freshman year, he had, he may have fantastic breakout age at 18 years old. He had 114 catches, 1,258 yards and 12 
receiving touchdown along with two rushing touchdowns in his freshman year in the big 10. So those are eye popping numbers as a, as a true freshman. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's really fantastic. And I think he's, he's very polarizing. Um, Cause you know, you've seen some, I've seen some mocks where he goes at the end of the second, some where he sneaks into the first and, you know, some people worry he's too small to play the position, but I'm sticking my flag in this take. And I think he's going to be, I'm not worried about his size. I think he's going to be uh, a productive NFL receiver. Yeah. I love it. If it, I was going to say, if it wasn't for Marquise Brown on the Ravens, he probably would have been my pick too. I think, I don't know if he's going to end up being a first rounder. I hope he is just because I, I really enjoy him. But if he slips into that second day, I think you're depending on fit. I think you're looking at like steal the draft type of type of guy. I, I think, especially with the way, the NFL is moving in terms of the types of receivers that are starting to get good and like make an impact. I think he, he could be one of those guys that's going to start leading that charge. I think he's, he's a fantastic player. I'm very excited to see where he goes. You said he would like this year, he would have came back if like Purdue had a meaningful game. I believe it was 2019. And then this year, you know, it wasn't even sure if the big 10 was going to play. I think I'm not sure if he initially opted out. He did play in three games um suffered some injuries again this game does he really love football i'll have to read into it if he's a first guy in less guy out kind of guy but sounds like he's not i don't know if that was his i don't know if that was his decision or the school's decision sounds like he hates football yeah well (laughs) i don't know i mean he was someone i was really looking into when i had the rookie pick and then the 1.9 um, so I think whoever gets him is getting a very solid, uh, solid player and especially in PPR leagues. Okay. Who is next? The, uh, the green Bay Packers at 29. Jack is uh, second to last pick here before we get into the final three, who are the Packers taken? Obviously they reached the NFC championship game and fall short yet again of another Super Bowl appearance. What's going to, what's going to put them over the edge, Jack? Um, so Ian Book. I'm going to preface this with, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to emphasize our, our roles for this draft. Mm. Uh-oh. I see where this is going. Uh, we're taking who we would pick if we were the GM, if I were Packers GM, uh, was his name. Um, I think. So, um, yeah, just want to put that out there. Their needs, they got to get a second receiver. Um, like, very bad. We all know. However, I'm going to push it off to the second round. So, in the first round, I am going to go, I'm going to address their pass rush. Thought maybe they could have some help there. I think their secondary is great with Alexander, J. Alexander, um, you know, other guys. Kevin King Kevin got King. burned last year. Kevin King. Um, I don't know. Uh, so we're going to help out their pass rush. And we're going to take some homegrown talent around our home. I see where you're going. I like it. I like the pick. Uh, Shreff, who am I going to take? I'm assuming you're, take, you're going to be taking Jason Oa probably here. No. What? Who are you taking? 
keep going. Oh, wait. <laughs> All right, do it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, go ahead. I am taking Rashad Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Explain it. Go ahead. When am I ever going to get an opportunity to draft someone who, who I who sat behind me in quantitative methods? Fair who point. I'm also connected with on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> who I've seen around Mervis Hall. It's Rashad Weaver. Uh, project he's projected to go in like the second round, but hey, what's what's one round difference? It's not really it doesn't mean much. Um, Rashad Weaver, he's every bit of six five two seventy. I would know. I've seen him in person. Um, he was poised for a very breakout twenty nineteen towards ACL. Twenty twenty, he played in nine games, had fourteen tackles for losses. Seven and a half sacks in nine games, three forced fumbles. Um, the guy's fantastic. And he's been climbing up draft boards because he's been he was a little under the radar because he didn't have a 2019. Um he's just really good. And um see him see him around, see him around sometimes. And uh that's my pick. Sheriff, like, what are your what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, I love like obviously I love it. Like if, if, if as Jack said, if we're basing this off of what we would do, um, I'm sure I I think if Jack was the Packers GM and made that pick, I'm I think there would be some backlash um, for sure. No. But I do agree. Like I mean, if realistically with him, if if it wasn't for the injury last year, I I legitimately do think that with the size and the attributes that come with him, I think if it wasn't for that taking like a whole year off because of injury, I think you could be looking at a maybe not a late first, but for sure, like a second, a, a second round guy, hundred percent. So I, I, I don't mind the pick. And I think his, the way he plays also does kind of fit that, that Packers team. Like they, yeah. they're, they're not known for taking like those like small speedster guys. They, you know, they like having those big bodies on the line. So I, I, I understand the pick. I understand the pick. I also read an article that he's been motivated all year. And oh, he wants okay. to be, a, he, he really wants to be a first round pick. I'm sure no one else wants to. So that's good that he's a So that, those are the intangibles that sets him apart from the rest. He also 100%. ran a six, a sub seven, three cone drill. So that's pretty impressive. And that's all I got. You're, you're going to say 40. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like the, he the, also, he also ran a sub seven forty. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. The, the one thing I will say, like in terms of these pit guys that are up to get drafted, I think he's the most NFL ready prospect out of, out yeah. of any. So. Well, there you go. I wasn't expecting that, but uh, I wasn't either. <laughs> hey, I mean, like, it, there's always, and I'm not saying that was a bad pick, but it, there's always like some surprise. Always, yeah. Andrew Thomas was not expected to be the first tackle off the board last year, mm-hmm. and he was wasn't the right pick because he was probably the worst out of the first round tackles. He was, <laughs> but. The Steelers took a safety in the first round who was sitting in the stands of the draft. So right. That- I was literally just going to say Terrell Edmonds should have been a third round pick. He was yeah. only at, he was only at the draft because his brother Tremaine Edmonds was mm-hmm. drafted in 15th overall by the Bills. Yeah. So, and the Packers, right, so- Packers, you know, Jordan Love, they drafted the first round last year. They could they yeah, could do anything. I was going to say the Packers have never been a team who like who really care about the outside opinion of what they should do. They yeah. they've always gone by their own rules. And I mean, it's certainly it works for them. I mean, considering their success as a franchise, but yeah. Yeah. And they love Rashad. I don't mind the pick. I don't mind the pick. 
we're really talking ourselves into this. Yeah, we are. I, I think it's gonna I happen. Think, at this I'm point, I'd be surprised if they don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm already ordering my. I'm, I'm ordering my jersey. I'm ready for this. Do it right now. Customize one. I will. Put your money where your mouth is. Don't tempt me. I'll do it. Uh, so Shreff is making his final selection for the Buffalo Bills at thirty. I'm uh, curious to see where you have going with Buffalo, a team that uh, you know broke out last year, made the AAC championship game, fell a little bit short, and uh, obviously have their sights set on the next uh, Super Bowl here. So, what do you think? Yeah, so this is, I mean, once you get to the later picks of this first round, this is when it gets tough because most of these teams don't necessarily need anything per se, but you can always bolster something up and make sure that you're, you're looking a little bit better at a certain position. Um, receiver was tempting just because of having Josh Allen there. And like they they do already have digs, but I believe, did they, did they lose John Brown? Yes. I think yep. they did. They did. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, can, they bring in Emmanuel Sanders, probably won't right. be doing much at this stage of his career, but you know, him, Cole Beasley and uh, Gabriel Davis. So, you know, yeah, um, some solid names, but I, I can understand why you might want to go there, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I was tempted to look at the offensive side. Wide receiver was tempting. Even running back was tempting, but you know me, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the first round running back. So I'm not going to do that. I am instead going to go over to the defensive side of the ball. And this is mostly a, kind of a best player available type of deal. There's a lot of, there's a few edge rushers that are still sitting there that I think will end up being first rounders that just aren't right now because of the fact that you guys started this draft two months ago. Um, and one of those guys that is flying up boards, which is who I'm going to take is going to be Jalen Phillips out of Miami for this pick. Um, once again, like, I mean, when you're thinking of like positions, the draft, it never hurts to have uh, a surplus of edge rushers. Um, just because you always need someone that's going to get to the quarterback. Um, you have Ed Oliver there in the middle who's been solid so far, nothing nothing crazy, but a good player. Um, but Phillips brings you a lot of size. He's 6'5", 260. He's a big boy. I believe he had eight sacks last season, which, which led the team, obviously, in the ACC. That's a pretty good accolade to have. Uh, he was, I think, All-American and also a second-team All-ACC, if I'm reading this correctly. Um, but he's it, more of the reason I'm doing this is just because he's been flying up draft boards to the point where no one seems to think that he's going to make it out of the first round. So at this point, if I'm the Bills and he's still sitting there, I think this is a home run pick. I think he helps out that defensive line and just helps out that defensive core in general. And if anything, I mean, the Bills defense has already been locked down. You might as well keep that going, considering that Josh Allen is still continuing to progress. You want to give him as many shots with the ball as you can. And I think adding a guy who can get to the quarterback and disrupt the the plays is going to help that on the other side too. So that's my pick, Jalen Phillips. Yeah, he's. I've seen him. I've seen him as high up to like Minnesota at fourteen and flying up boards. So yeah, that would be a surprise if he doesn't. You know, if he's if he's not a first round pick, I would be very surprised. Yeah, and there are a couple of guys who we're not going. I assume we're not going to be able to pick here as we only have two selections left. That uh, again are definitely going to be. I don't want to name names because that Jack might get the guy here with Tampa Bay at the end, but there are definitely some names that we have left off um, that will almost certainly be first round picks in my opinion. Uh, but that's a, yeah, that's a solid pick. Thanks, um, and yeah, he's, he's, he might be like one of the, he might be the, he could honestly be the top edge rusher off the board. That's, that's what I mean. Like I, I think with the edge rusher, there's, there's certainly not really, I think maybe like Quiddy pay would be the one yeah. that's like, 
uh, that everyone seems to think is maybe number one, but there's so many guys that are like right up there in that like upper echelon of guys where I think it could really go either way. So the fact that he was still sitting there, it seems like an easy pick if I were the Bills. All right, fair enough. We have two more selections, as I just mentioned. I will be picking for the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning AFC champions, and Jack will be picking for the Bucks. Uh, but for the Chiefs, I think it's very obvious where they're going to be going or there should be going, at least in my opinion. Uh, we all saw what happened in the Super Bowl. Uh, it was a complete disaster. They uh, have to keep Mahomes upright. And when you release Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, like you need to just address it. Like we all saw what happened when they're not out there. Um, they, they do address the interior of their offensive line with bringing in Joe Tooney. Joe Thuney. I never know how to pronounce his name. Is it Tooney? I think it might be Tooney, but I really don't know. Well, they bring him in. Very solid guard. Uh, but they still need to address the tackle position, and that's that's number one priority, in my opinion, by, by a long shot. Um, and I think, there's, I think there's some guys that are in a similar tier here, but out of this tier, I'm definitely going to pick one that I think is my favorite in Alex Leatherwood, uh, tackle for Oklahoma. Obviously, ideal size of the position. He's 6'6". Uh, he played a lot of big games, Oklahoma, obviously making the college football playoff, uh, a couple times, I believe in his, in his career, uh, he was a unanimous all American. So really good offensive lineman. Part of the reasons why, I don't know if he was there when Baker was there, but certainly Kyler Murray and Spencer Rattler last year, uh, were able to succeed and excel at the, you know, be well protected. So. He is the anchor of that offensive line and Jalen hurts too. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot him, but um, yeah, I think this is, this is definitely where Kansas city has to go. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, Mahomes is your, is your, you know, your star boy. You got to do anything. You kind of protect them. I mean, it, it's the same story with young QBs. When you bring in the young QB, you got to protect them especially in this case when you, everyone already knows what Mahomes is capable of, just give him a clean pocket and let him, let him do his thing. So whatever you can do to help that is, is a good thing. I don't, we're gonna have to go back and check at the end how many tackles we've selected. I feel like we've picked so many. I feel like a yeah. fourth of them have been tackles to be honest, but there, there's so many teams that need offensive line. I mean, it, it's the yeah. same case every year. They just, it, it seems like every draft, they don't seem to go as early as you would think they would, but like, there's so many teams that, that that could really use one, especially considering like the QB situation that they're in. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the thought process is that there's a lot of pretty good tackles, so you could maybe get a quality one in the second round. But I don't know. So, well, I mean, like, like we said before, when when you get down to these teams, it's not like they necessarily need anything. In the Chiefs' case, the one thing that they could maybe need is offensive line. So you might as well take one as early as you can. There's no there's no real reason to take another. And I think especially last year with, I mean, there's still time, but right now the the Clyde pick isn't looking too hot for him. And that's kind of the risky run when you take a, a skill player in the first round. So I think uh, taking a guy who you think can come in and just be a solid piece is, is a big help. And it'll help Clyde mm -hmm. as long as, as well as my heart. So it helps everything. So. Exactly. Uh. All right, so Jack will be routing out our 2021 mock draft. Uh, who are the defending champions taking? 
So not a lot of needs here. They won the Super Bowl and pretty much retained everyone somehow. Um, Good though. I try to find a need, and I'm gonna. Ha- I'm going with uh, their secondary. I'm just looking at overall stats of defenses, and they were like middle of the pack for, I think, passing yards and touchdowns. I mean, they still want a Super Bowl at that, but still, I'll just go there. Um, going Tyson Campbell, cornerback out of Georgia. Uh, he's six one, one ninety three. I have here. Um, last year he played in ten games, had a pick and five defended passes. Uh, he was coached in high school by Patrick Sertan, senior. So he's pretty much equal to Patrick Sertan the second. Um, let's see, some some draft speak we got here. He's unpolished, but undeniable physical traits and athletic tools so he's athletic that's that's a plus but he's unpolished unpolished yeah but you know his physical traits are undeniable so you can't argue with that um that's it he's raw he's raw he's not raw he's just a little unpolished but again his physical traits are undeniable physical traits and athletic tools so um yeah He's gonna oh, he's gonna help yeah. them win another another. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go on a limb and say he's raw, but he's just unpolished. Again, physical traits undeniable, and great athletic tools. Um, that's it, Mr. Campbell. I like it. So it goes raw, unpolished, NFL ready. That's kind of the progression. Yeah. Raw raw is like raw's know, at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm just trying to raw like the way I think about it. Raw is like all like pretty much all you have is like the physical traits and you need everything else. When I think of unpolished, it's like you have you certainly you have the traits and you have a little bit of like a football brain with you, but you just need the right coaching. Need some fine tune, fine tuning, fine tuning, fine tuning. He needs some fine tuning. And then NFL ready is just you, you know you put him anywhere and he's good to go. But yeah. He's a plug, plug and play, play plug and play day one starter. Yeah. Plug and play. Uh, Jack, does he have fluid hips? Um, I'm actually gonna check. We'll see. They normally talk about their hips. They normally do. Can you gotta know if he can flip the hips? Tyson Campbell draft profile. Just, just Google. Does Tyson Campbell have fluid hips? He fluid hips. Like when I read these draft profiles, like I don't get anything out of them. Really? Oh no, I I, I love them. I live for them. Because um, you're right. Because it really does all mean like pretty much. Okay. Just- all right. Here. Outside cornerback with undeniable physical traits and athletic tools, smooth hips and okay. agile feet guide him around the field, but he doesn't always trust his footwork and overall technique. So he's got some trust issues. That's one, uh, which leads to occasional bouts with imbounds and coverage length and quick twitch agility could There's lead to twitch. I love the quick twitch. No, no, you got to listen carefully here. Length and quick twitch, quick twitch agility could lead to robust improvement and success in man coverage. Mm. Poise and confidence. He's got confidence. He, he lacks he lacks trust, but he's got a lot of confidence. Poise and confidence in matching roots and playing deep throws are the first order of business, and those areas might take a couple of seasons to fine-tune. However, Campbell's traits outweigh the lack of polish and could lead to a solid NFL career. That's like a bingo card of, of, of draft terms right there. 
You got I, easy hips I, I for always, easy. I always <laughs> love poise because to this day, I've heard the word poise a thousand times when talking about players. And to this day, I don't know what it means. Like, I, I don't know what it entails in terms of poise. Like, also, also a great one is that he was a track star in high school. <laughs> they always are. They always He's a high are. school sprint champ in Florida. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You guys remember last uh, draft when they didn't show like any highlights, but they always said Just like someone this that guy's, died. This guy's father died when he was six yeah. years old. Yes, any they, tragedy they, that they the... drafted and then he gets right. drafted. They interview him. They get they interview him, and it's not even like like what like how are you feeling right now? It's like what do you think your mom would have thought of you getting drafted? It's like if your I, dad was here today, what would yeah. he say? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm proud of you. Like, I don't, I don't know. I saw yeah, the, what a, a terrible meme, question. The memes oh, were like biggest moment of this guy's life. Okay, let's find anything that bad that's happened to him at yeah. any point. Let's just, in this let's just tear him down. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So let's hope they fix that a little bit. So. I, I'm sure they heard enough noise from from like yeah. complaining from people to maybe change it. I'll give them one death they can talk about. They can talk about one death and draw in, in round one. They're I'll give them that. Yeah, they're allowed one death. And then that's that's the one sad story that he's gonna he's gonna be the the heartwarming like inspirational guy and then the rest will just be the normal nfl guys but yeah we want we just want one no because it's a good point because then if like if if they're all going to be heartwarming and inspirational then who cares about any of them then well that's the thing then then is like is anyone heartwarming and inspirational that everyone's the same like exactly you know distinguish for sure do you guys remember that one time i don't even i honestly don't even remember who was the nba draft or the nfl draft but some surprise person got selected and they didn't have any highlights for them. So they just showed like his sister playing like volleyball or something like I that. I vaguely remember this. Yeah. I don't know if I do remember that. <laughs> that was so funny. That's but why I love it. the draft. It's always, it's, there's yeah. just so many like variables that come into play and it leads to just some, some funny stuff. It's great. I think this year, if you don't, if you, uh, haven't had like a, someone close to you die, that might be a red flag. You might fall you down. Have not, having, like, you yeah. didn't deal with any adversity. There's just, no chip everything's on your been, shoulder. Yeah, no chip on your shoulder. You've just been been cruising. Like, what happens when you get face-planted in your first down, uh, your first play from scrimmage in the NFL? You don't know. You can't reflect okay. on the on the death of your of your grandparent to help you get through it, to battle back the next play. So I think, I think that is a red flag to consider if they haven't dealt with a death. Yeah. It makes you wonder, how can you get through some challenging times? Right. They've Fair never point. seen it before. How would they know? There's no there, there's True. no baseline that's been set. They, they have no clue. Death in the family and fluid hips. Yep. That's all that's all I need to hear. Yeah, that's the yep. recipe. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, there you have it. The NFL draft is one week away. We are pumped. And um yeah, it should be very exciting as always. There's gonna be some players that fall, some players that are some head scratchers why they were picked where they were hopefully we get some trades in there i feel like there's always more trades talked about than actually happened so you know we'll see and uh i can't wait for the eagles to mess up their pick thank you i, I agree they, 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 uh, i don't know that <laughs> I, I i was okay with i was okay with trading down but it makes me more nervous because now they're like at six there weren't many ways to mess it up at 12, there's plenty of ways to mess it up. It, 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 it's frightening. But we're going to have yeah. fun. We're going to have a good time. What do, we'll end on this. I know I kind of wrap things up, but real quickly, what do you want them to do? 
Uh, if I had to give you a list of prospects right now that I'd be looking at, one for me is probably J.C. Horn. They haven't drafted a first-round corner in I don't know if they like ever have. Like they just don't do it. Um, I think giving like a giving them a legit like number one kind of corner. I mean Slay's still there. Slay's still good, but giving them like a young guy that they can like kind of mold into their own type of corner I think is huge. Besides him, I would say if 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 Jalen Waddle's sitting there. I, that would be a very enticing option. I'm not sure if he'll fall that far, but just because of injuries, there's a chance. And then a Penn State guy, uh, I'd be okay with Micah Parsons as well. Once again, the, the, the linebacker position is, is just is brutal right now for them. So honestly, it, if it, anything, any defensive player or Waddle, I'd be perfectly okay with. Besides that, I don't know. Who do you not want them to get then? Uh, any quarterback. Mac Jones. Yeah, like any quarterback ever would be preferable. And it's not even because I don't like the quarterbacks. It's just because of the fact that they, like, you take Hurts in the second round and he shows you some form of promise. I'm not saying he was, like, the best QB ever, but, like, they won games with him, which is something that they didn't do with Wentz last year. And then after five games or whatever of him starting, you're like, all right, let's bring in a, a rookie quarterback to come challenge him. I'm not not a fan. The, the overall – thing that I'm going to say about the Eagles is their, their front office is, is just so bad. It's so bad. And I, I don't, I have, I have no confidence in anything changing until their GM is, is gone. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, there you have it. That's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice there's way to a, there's some fire, fire Howie chance at the Phillies game the other as, day. As there, as there should be. He is, <laughs> he's up there on the worst owners in the league right now, or worst GMs in the league. Not going to lie to you. All right. Um, We will catch you next time, folks. Thank you for listening. And uh, be sure to follow the show on Instagram at Hogline Podcast. We will catch you next week. Uh, We'll see you. See you.